Hey guys, and welcome to season three of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savia Rox, and in this season, I get to make my guests laugh, cry, and even make them think about life a little differently with the questions I fire over to them, which digs into their lives and professions a little differently. We even had a chance to change up the intro, giving you a fresh new sound. I look forward to sharing season three of the Us People podcast with you. Let's go. Hi, I'm Vanessa Garcia and I'm a multidisciplinary writer and you are listening to the Us People podcast with Safia Rocks. Made up my mind, now is my time to shine. Now is my time to shine. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Yes People Podcast. I'm your host, Savia Rox, and today I have the beautiful Vanessa Garcia here with me, who is this who is a screenwriter, novelist, playwriter, and journalist. Vanessa, thank you so much for taking your time to come on the Yes People Podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for oh, having me on this. Oh, you sound so calm. I love it. <laughs> I, I am pretty calm right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Aww. So, please, I would love to know, could you tell me about your background of where you grew up, about how that influenced you to be the person who you are today? Most definitely. I feel like um, our roots are, our, our beginnings are kind of everything. Um, so I... I'm uh, American-born Cuban, as, as I like to say. <laughs> uh, my parents and grandparents are, are Cuban, and I am essentially the daughter of refugees, of people who had to flee the island um, after, the, after Fidel Castro took power. Um, and even before that, um, my grandfather was escaping, had escaped three tyrannies before that. So he, my grandfather on my mother's side ended up in Cuba after having fled Franco in Spain during the Civil War at 13. He crossed the Pyrenees Whoa. Mountains on foot with his brother, 13 years old. He gets to France and World War II hits. And then he's a, he's a foster kid at that point and he, he jumps on a boat with his brother they go to Ellis Island, but instead of staying in the United States at that moment, they say they don't want to say to the officials that they're Spanish because they're afraid to be sent to war torn yeah. Europe again. So they say, we're Cuban because they speak Spanish. And that's how they got sent to Cuba and they started a whole new life in Cuba. And that's how that branch of my family meets the ones who were, were longer in Cuba. So I definitely have um, all of that in me. <laughs> I love that. It shows your power. Yeah, yeah. It definitely shows your power of who you are as a person. And I can understand why you do what you do, even before we start. And I know everyone's going to be like, well, what does Vanessa do? But we're going to get more into you as a person. Could you define who you are as a person, but who you see when you look in the mirror? But on the flip side of that question, has there ever been a time where you have looked in the mirror and not recognize the person staring back at you. How did you come back to be the person who you are today, who has that powerful nature, who wants to succeed, not just for yourself, but also fight for people's rights? Yeah, 
Um, so I consider myself a writer first and foremost, um, and in terms of my professional self. And then my, I'm also a, a mom of two, <laughs> um, and that is a huge part of my life. And I'm um, happily married to who I consider my life partner right now. Um, he uh, definitely the reason why I bring this up is because you ask when is there was there a moment where you didn't recognize yourself and. Um, this is my second marriage. In my first marriage, I definitely had uh, a moment where I had to, I never lost myself, but I could feel myself getting less, uh, less strong, like I had stopped growing in the direction and, and with the strength that I needed to. Um, in order to do all the things that I, I wanted to do. Um, and, and so it was, a, it was a coming back from that. And it was a, a person who was, you know, n there's nothing wrong with this person. It's just not a good match. <laughs> and that could really yeah, that happens. suck you into, a, into the wrong kind of uh, hole and lifestyle. And I, you know, is, just wanted a completely different life that didn't match with the goals that I had um, in in my mind uh so so it could have it could have gone really badly i feel you know if if that hadn't ended um so i think that was a definitely a moment i know that in relationships it can be really hard regardless mm -hmm. sometimes in relationships you can be with someone for a long period of time but you just naturally drift apart and it's not that it's both of your faults mm -hmm. i think you just naturally grow in different directions yeah and yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that at all i think we've all been through it and i can clearly say that i've learned an abundance from it as well yeah, just from life you know the interesting thing about that relationship was the problem that i had was i would say okay right now in this moment i'm happy but i cannot see the future with this it just couldn't it wouldn't carve out and I couldn't see it as I wanted and I could yeah. see it not going forward so I kept arguing myself like well isn't the present moment the only moment and I actually feel like sure we say that but the past is deeply important and the future that we want for ourselves and our children and future generations is also massively important so it's not just about this singular moment you know I think we say that a lot and it's misinterpreted so that was something that I grappled with at that moment. I love that. Let's talk about religion and culture. Mm -hmm. What makes religion and culture so important to you? And how do you feel that politics plays a part in your creative writing? But also, how do you emotionally embrace the two and impact them by the identity of what you are trying to express to the world within what you do? So I feel, so I was raised Catholic. I, I went to an all-girl Catholic school, and um, that's definitely inside of me in the sense that though it was an all-girl Catholic school, you say that, it sounds conservative. I was actually taught by very, very liberal-minded, open-minded um, people who embraced every all kinds of religions. And so that definitely, that study of all religions uh, was part of my upbringing and the more you do that the more you realize how similar we all are and the the cores at at, at our centers um so that's my you know my upbringing um which i don't i i don't go to church every sunday i don't i but i definitely consider it as part of my you know like my my center in the sense of um 
sort of like the the values I learned about how to treat other human beings, about the responsibility that we have for each other, the responsibility we have to tell stories, the responsibility we have to listen to other people's stories. Um, and so all of that is there. And in terms of politics, I, you know, I come because I'm, I'm Cuban, people for a lot of Cubans in order to stay out of the muck always sort of say well I'm Cuban but I'm not political right because it's such a weedy yeah. intense subject and I just feel like even that statement is political because if you're afraid to make a statement it's already saying something about the place you're from um, yep. you know artists who go outside of the island and cannot say what they actually believe um, is saying something about the place that they're from uh, and so I think that everything is political, whether we like it or not. Everything plays into um, the the decisions that we make, and and even just you know the laws that end up being laws in the in yeah. the future. Um, we are that, you know. It's our our voices that that build that uh, future. So I definitely feel like all of that is part of the responsibility that. I feel in the sense that, and I, going back to where we started, I come from a family who continuously fled tyranny, and so I yeah. feel this responsibility to, to fight against that in the ways that anytime you see it spring up and in any way, but also just to tell stories, because one of the things that happens in tyranny is that you're not allowed to tell your story, so it's that telling of the story and the telling of the story and the telling of the story. I think it's empowering for people to tell their stories. I think that's one of the most beautiful things that you can do in your life is to express your story because your story can save somebody else's life Yes, as well. Yes. And I think that's so important, especially in writing, especially in acting or anything that you do creatively. When you are telling your story to somebody, you are giving somebody a second chance yep. for them to be able to express themselves. One of the things that I did want to ask you is why do you feel that so many people are afraid to express themselves, regardless if it's politics or creativity, but just in general, I've noticed, especially in the times that we're in right now where we are fighting for so much, regardless if it's women's rights or people being, being able to live in their country and stay in their country, why do you feel that people are so afraid to express their voice or freedom mm -hmm. to be able to empower other people? I think there's this like simplistic answer that gets tossed around that we're like in this like cancel culture moment and everybody's scared to like we're, we're self-censoring and all of this but I think um, there's something deeper than, than, than all of that which is I feel like this moment where ev there's so much that has been sort of like um, unleashed and opened and unveiled that every like all wounds are open right yeah. so it's like all all the wounds are open and so it's it's kind of scary to speak but i think that if we find the ways in which to speak to each other and say from a place of i want to hear your story yeah wherever it's coming from i actually want to hear the real story and i want to tell you mine because we may have something in this exchange that might you exactly. know help each other out and we might be more alike than we think and if we're not then how come and that's also interesting and what's there you know like but i think because there's i 
I do think that we can be looking at this moment as one in which, okay, here are these, you know, open wounds everywhere, but the only way to sort of like not, 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 you know, throw salt, but like the opposite and, and sort of, it sounds cheesy, but heal each other a little bit is to, is to actually speak to each other in honesty and earnestness. So I, I try and it's hard sometimes, you know, and you feel other people being afraid and you feel other people being afraid of what they might lose um, even even just like people who have fought very hard like I think of you know even my my own people in exile right who have fought very hard to have a life and then are sort of like let me just stay away from that because what can I lose again and again and again and it, you know there is a lot of fear in that so you know that sort of scratches the surface of the answer <laughs> so in everything that you've done, so many things. When I was reading up about you, I was like, whoa. And you've, <laughs> you've done so much. But is there anything in your life that has stood out to you more than anything else, which you will always remember, regardless of what else you may do? Is there anything in your life, Vanessa, that sticks out for you and you hold close to your heart? Yes, I think I can say two things. One is if I speak about um, my family, um, I adopted both of my kids and that those moments just are a part of my skin, heart, cells in a way. They changed me um, for the better. It's just, I can't imagine. It just, who I would be right now without that, that part. It definitely made me grow but that's that's it's more than that it's like made me more human or something um so that all-encompassing love that happens in the creation of a family i think with you know together with a a, a partner that's been with me a, a thousand percent you know like interlaced has been just that's one and professionally i think the, the closest, the thing that immediately just springs to my head, so then that's, that's, you know, of all the things, is most recently something that I made called uh, the Amparo Experience because it was an immersive show in Miami that was supposed to run for a month and it ran for eight months straight, um, sold out. And I think that the impact that it had on people in the community where that story was told was, oh my God, this is my story in a way that other people haven't heard it and I'm feeling it again in my bones yeah. and people walk through it. And the result of that was ending up with a creative partner, which I still work with, who's a director, when we speak the same language and it's amazing. Um, and also the stories that came to me as a result just flooded to me because you know we had this little rum garden at the end the story is the story of the 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 people who created the Rio Havana club in Cuba and then from whom it was taken uh, in 1959 and this this family that tried to carry the legacy forward and has done so in exile and then joined with Bacardi uh, rum it's a big complex story but really it's a story of the Cuban people and the Cuban diaspora and that's really, really what it is. And so everybody that left that show 
just like I still get goosebumps because the stories that came were one after the other and and you could you would you would see families and you know people who were in their 20s listening to their grandparents tell a story in that garden that they had never heard before and then seeking out the writer and the director to tell them the you know so it's is this continuation of an oral history that I feel was so invaluable for our community for, for my own work and for what what I want to do going forward I mean some of those stories are things I'm working on right now you know like I love that so so that's that's definitely those are the two things that just spring to the surface <laughs> it's funny that you say that I remember being in America and my partner's mother which you already know she's from Puerto Rico Amazing. now they had about 13 children but because her parents were working and they didn't have much money. She was left to look after the kids. And she was telling her story. But to see how they had to grow up with not very much and what they had to go through with just the nation and the country itself, it makes me realize as a human being how privileged and lucky I am to just be in the position that I am in. Yeah. And I think society and the world need to understand a lot more about privileged and different countries because I feel that the world is not educating people the way that they should and they're hiding a lot from yeah. you and they're only bringing to the surface what they want you to see yeah, yeah. which is unfair Absolutely. you know and I learned so much just from having that conversation I learned a lot of Spanish too that day <laughs> <laughs> Because she only speaks Spanish, so I had my ears, yeah, you yeah. know, and it was it was such a really nice story to listen to. And it will always stay in my heart because it makes me understand that life is short, mm -hmm. life is precious. And the moments that you do have with people, they help bring out something in you that you never even knew was there. Yeah, yeah. So I That's totally true. understand where you're coming from with that. One question I do want to ask you is... Who is Vanessa Garcia? And the reason why I ask that question so openly is there's nothing attached to this question. It's just you and your free emotions for you to say to, to Savia, to me, who is Vanessa Garcia? I mean, I feel that I am, I am the result of everything that's come before me, like that runs through me and and this current moment and the things that i don't know so it's like this cross-section of 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 my <laughs> my roots you know that i can't uh i can't and don't want to undo in any way i feel like i That's was good. planted you know like the mm -hmm. here these people that were uprooted it was replanted in another soil and it's this tree that we have to keep watering i feel like i am part of that um and, and some kind of bigger force. That's a very metaphorical <laughs> response, but that's just what, what came out. <laughs> oh, that, that, when, when I was reading a lot about you, again, the, the question that I wrote down just spontaneously was, as you hear your voice echo for the people that you stand up for and help bring them away from the polit political prison, mm -hmm. and I got that from you, from when you were writing, of the way the world is, how do you feel you lead people to victory with the passion of what you do? I mean, I think that it's every single day 
writing I, for me really it is collecting hearing listening to stories and then telling them and also I think there's something of great value for my people of my generation and younger and a little bit older than me so these like sandwich generations that that yeah. that I'm you know talking about we have been told that we're not Cuban and we cannot tell our story and I say that specifically um, as 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 what I am but it's you know we've been sort of silenced in a certain to a certain degree to, to a great degree and the thing is that nobody can tell you your story is not your story so the value of understanding that somewhere deep in the depths of your being and going out into the world and saying no this is my story you cannot tell me that this is not my story here's my story and laying it out and knowing that it is of value because you have to ask yourself where that silencing comes from um, there's a reason for it you know if you're from a place where the entire purpose of uh, I mean so much of it is you can't speak you can't express yourself your story is silenced or leave the country if you then leave the country how do you and and become free somewhere else right then if you are then silenced outside where are you taking that from it's coming from the same root so to break that I think is is the journey of every day I think you know for for myself and others and uh, hopefully hopefully my writing just tells the truths what whatever those truths may be how do you feel as a woman being a writer because I've seen we as women kick down doors, mm -hmm. a lot of doors, yeah. when it comes to so many different industries. And you work in a lot of them, regardless if it's theatre, writing, film. Mm -hmm. Vanessa, you work in a lot of them. How do you feel that you kick down doors so that you can give women the, opportun the same opportunity that you are having for generations to come? Yeah. I mean, the, I will say that it's... it's um two things come to mind. One is that when I first started writing, uh, I, I had a lot of people say, oh, this is a, this is a quiet novel or a quiet piece of writing or quiet. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't say that if I was a man. It's, uh -huh. it's not very quiet at all. I don't think you're listening because it's not uh -huh. quiet, you know, <laughs> but those words that get tossed around when they see a female name on the cover <laughs> of something and you're just like, how, how are you saying that this is in any way quiet? This is not, you know? Um, so also even structurally, the way that, you know, uh, we look at film or, or theater or anything and that, that sense, so much of it is masculine and really like, just like yeah. this very heteronormative way of seeing structure, which is not at all what I have felt is needed. And then, you know, the response, well, it's a little messy. No, is it messy? Or you just want to, don't want to do the work of making this, this cycle here that's different than the structure you're used to. So all, all these, you know, all the time, all the time, all the time, that sort of like find themselves in the, in the form of rejection at the end, right? Because that's what happens. Yeah. And you just sort of like steal yourself and say, that's fine until you don't care if you get rejected and you just keep going. Um, so you which, should do. You, yeah, really, there's nothing else to do. And 
Um, and then the, the second thing is that my the company that I that I started with with my creative partner, which is the person that, that I was just talking about with um, the Amparo Experience, the director, her name is Victoria Collado, but our company is called Abre Camino Collective, which is opening paths. And that's the whole idea. It's not just for us. It's also for other people. And so far, a lot of them have been women. <laughs> you know, we that's it's it's important it's important to 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 bring each other onto the onto the path in that way because you never know who's gonna like make that path brighter stronger you know better so that's the that's the idea what is a day like in Vanessa's life from when you wake up in the morning to when you decide she's smiling so she's like oh boy (laughs) (laughs) from when you wake up in the morning to when you decide okay this is my structure this is how I feel creatively this is who I'm going to work with this is how I might be planning a playwright or or the people what is a day like in Vanessa's life so I can tell you today for example um, I woke up in Miami at four in the morning to, to get on a plane to come to New York City to scout locations for a future production um, so so far up until this moment we've seen three <laughs> and okay. um, and at the same time while I was on the plane I was thinking um, all the, you know the thoughts that happen in your mind about like I, I this I really want this one to be worth it because I've just come off of a production I'm missing my kids <laughs> and I really didn't want to leave today but it's just a day or two and I'm like, it's going to be fine. I'm going to be back. And then in my brain, I'm already thinking we're going to, we're going to take a a 10 day vacation altogether and it's going to be fine. It's coming up really soon. At the same time in the breaks, I've been working on uh, a submission, something, a deadline that I have uh, for an essay. So I've been working on on that in sort of like the, the crevices of the day, the, the little lulls from the scouting doing this with you. Um, and I'm talking to a couple of, uh, you know, of, of my publisher who is um, putting out uh, my children's book, which is very much about yes. my grandfather, called What the Bread Says, and um, figuring out, you know, certain things in terms of PR and, you know, there's a couple of emails there that I was missing. And uh, the other thing that I feel guilty about and I'm going to have to find a moment to do this tonight, is I'm on the board of the uh, adoption agency that, um, that, that we partner, you know, we, we worked yeah. with for my kids, and they're doing a big fundraiser, and there's all this, like, they're sending all these emails about how to have to do a profile and do all these things, and the board members have to do this, and I'm behind, and I'm like, ah, I need to do this because it's important. So I know that after I finish scouting tonight, because the last location will be at a dinner location, um, I'll come back and do that. I'll call the kids. We'll go to sleep. Otherwise, I would have cuddled with my kids in bed because they sleep Aww. with us. Um, so we're definitely family, family bed kind of people. If I were in Miami, I would probably wake up really early the next day, and um, I'm gonna probably do it here too. But there's gonna be a run in there somewhere, and some writing. <laughs> Where do, you, where do you actually get a break? I didn't have a break at all. My break? Well, I just had a little bit of a break before this. We a little chit-chat fest with, uh, with the, the people that I'm with on this scouting trip. We were just, like, you know, chatting and, and having a, a moment, you know. So I'm sure that's somewhere along the lines. Of, it's sort of all... The good thing is that I love all this. It doesn't feel yeah. like 
It just doesn't work. feel like yes. It doesn't feel like it I, doesn't feel like no. Work. I'm not I'm not exhausted by it. It energizes me. Uh, you know, there's things to balance, but that's different than being drained. Um, that's true. You know, so uh, it, yeah, I I I I can't say that it's that I. I don't want to say I, that I don't need a break. I need a break. Like I'm looking forward to the 10 days that I'm going to spend <laughs> at a national park with my family. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, it's really, it doesn't feel like work. I always say to people, like, for example, when I go out and do photography, for example, yeah. I love photography. Oh, it's awesome. what I do. It's my, it's my life. So when I'm doing an exhibition, I love it. But when people say to me, I'm not going to make you come and do my wedding because I want you to enjoy the day. I'm like, no, 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 no. I yeah. <laughs> Let me do the photography. That is me enjoying my day. But I think you have to understand people's perspective of how they see things. They want you to be there in a the moment with them. Yeah. Whereas when I'm looking through a lens, the way I see it, yeah. I am in that moment with you. I'm even more in that moment with you yes. when I'm doing my work. Most probably the same yep. as you. What's you're doing your, what you're doing. What's the the? I guess like the the favorite. That sounds like a silly word, but like the thing that you really enjoy photographing. So, so my my niche, I think, would most probably be capturing the beauty of people through the lens and giving them back an image and a memory that they didn't expect to come from the camera so it definitely would be portraiture or it would be live performance awesome. I think those two I do a lot of landscaping as well mm -hmm. but I think those two are the main two that I love doing because I get to connect with people and being a Buddhist, my way of life is about stillness, calmness, and peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And karma plays a big role in Buddhism, like anyone should know. But for me, it's about bringing the essence of someone's beauty in a picture mm -hmm. and being able to give that to them so they have that for life. Okay. And I just love my role of, of what I do. But I'm very lucky. Yeah to be able to do what you do so that's another thing but yeah so let's talk about forgiveness I think forgiveness is one of the biggest things that you can have in your life mm -hmm. I think forgiveness can heal you from a lot of things that has happened in your past and will happen in the future and I also think it takes away the bitterness of who you could become yeah. as a person what does forgiveness mean to you Vanessa and how has it helped you in your life I mean, I go back to, um, I, I really go back to Catholic school on this one, like, <laughs> in the sense of, it sounds, you know, like this, uh, well, it sounds basic, but it's the, the center piece of the New Testament, you know, it's what it is. So I feel like going back to that first question of religion, the idea of um, love and love conquering all, forgiveness is wrapped at the center of that otherwise we're unable to do it so um i think we all have people that we need to forgive i think i you know i've i don't know if it's been i i don't think that i have anyone right now that i feel like bitter about you know i don't like that feeling so i try not to yeah. keep it you know um there was a moment in my life where i was grappling with my father and that was you know uh, and then he he passed away suddenly but we had worked out 
um, a very brief, but I think it was significant, uh, sort of reconciliation, I would say very closely to before he died. So whether that is coincidental or just part of life and whatever the journey between us is and was and will be, um, I think it was significant, and I think that that extended beyond his death, where I had to grapple with, should I have done more, should I have been more, um, you know, loving and forgiving of certain things, and, you know, I, I think I tried to work that out in my first novel, you know, um, but I do remember moments of, of, like, people talk about mourning, and mourning is really something that you do on your own. And with complicated mourning, it's um, it's all complicated. But but you know when it's like something that feels unfinished somewhere, um, which maybe it all does. I mean, who's ready? Maybe not. Maybe some people are ready. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm never ready. <laughs> I know. But it's just I do remember moments of running, like going on runs and fall, falling to the ground. But because I was so just by my, you know, thankfully they were early and I wasn't, but I don't think I would have cared if people saw me, you know, yeah. it was just like in your, you just Emotional like, something pull, yes, and it really, you know, I had read the, the Joan Didion's Year of Magical Thinking soon after, maybe not soon after, but a couple of years after my, my father passed and I sort of, re I realized how many things were true about what she researched around the morning, how it was this like the the depths of it is this nine month process which is the same as incubating a human you know it's yeah. like that it's and and you and also that you go kind of crazy you know you 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 have i think she says there is a moment of insanity that would be labeled that if it were outside of the morning process um and i could totally see all of that you know uh because you you just go to a different place and I don't know if it's you like trying to figure out communing with some greater power or yourself or whatever that is but um but yeah I I, I that's that's what I think about <laughs> I think I think the insane part of anybody yeah. creative is naturally in us mm. because it helps us express who we want to be who we want to become and how we want to write and let the world see our story mm -hmm. and I don't see anything wrong with it and even if you were Vanessa for example to break down yeah. in front of people you're going to get different types of people there are, are going to be people in front of you who will help you yeah. there are going to be people who will look at you and think this woman is crazy there are going to be people who will be like okay let's find out the real reason behind of the course. story or of who you are as a person and those are the people that you need in your life yeah. who are willing to see you in all four corners mm -hmm. of happy sad or yeah. crazy but are willing to take the journey with you and those people you keep for life yes <laughs> yes we do mm -hmm. yeah you keep them for life yeah. if there was one quote that represented you as a person what quote would you choose and why would you choose that particular quote well, I have I have a quote on my on my website that I think of all the time. It's on there because it's you know <laughs> who I am, and it's a go to the root, go to the root, um, and it's Jose Marti, and it's uh, I, you know he's a patriot poet of Cuba, and I think it's at the essence of 
everything I try to do. I don't know if it, you know, I do it well, but <laughs> it's what I try. You do it well. <laughs> Come on. You do it well. At times. We know that at times we do things well, but at other times we, <laughs> you know, we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> One day at a time. Yeah. One day at a time. What do you believe has been your greatest achievement because I'm a big fan of Sesame Street by the way yeah. <laughs> and, and Dora the Explorer yeah. so <laughs> but what do you believe has been one of your greatest achievements that you have done today uh, I think there's many little breakthroughs um, that have happened that sort of accumulate and it's it's hard for me to say that one thing because it really does feel like I mean thankfully I feel like I haven't done yet like the the big thing you know so meaning like I'm <laughs> still working no one else can see it but I can just see you going it's coming it's <laughs> I'm manifesting it and it's coming <laughs> yeah and it and I think that everything is this this, these little breakthroughs that happen and you have to enjoy all of them because the day, like speaking of Sesame Street, you know the, the idea that I was a kid watching Sesame Street as someone who didn't speak English at the time, meaning yeah. I was born here but only Spanish was spoken in my house and that, you know, Sesame Street was this like, this tool that I was obsessed with Big Bird, which I called Ming Mong um, yeah. at the time and then so the minute that I open you know the doors open to the to, I start working at, at I get this you know opportunity to be part of the writers room at Sesame Street and and you know one thing leads to the other but the day that those doors open on that in that office building and there's Big Bird and there's I just you know of course my eyes welled up and I, oh my god how did I get here you know um, so every I think every step is just to be to, and I have to remind myself of that because I'm usually like okay what's next um, but I have to remind yeah, myself yeah. to relish in the in those those little breakthroughs is that a creative trait that we have where we go we we achieve something or we do something mm -hmm. but then a lot of us yeah. go okay what's next what's next so we kind of we don't celebrate it I and know. I think sometimes we miss that Yep. We miss yep. the celebration of doing something positive. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I don't know what it is. I think it's. I think it's something in us that just wants. I don't know. There's some. There's something always. There's some new border in the creativity that gets built, and you're like, okay, let's cross it again and again and again. I don't know. Um, but it's. It is definitely in us, and I agree. We have to learn to celebrate it. When was the last time you felt totally at peace with yourself? Um, I mean, I, uh, I don't remember the last... Um, I'm going to take a picture right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not not at peace, is like yeah. currently. Um, I feel pretty at peace with my current self, knowing that this moment is who I am right now. So I guess right now, but also that's contingent on what I know I'm going to do. <laughs> it's that terrible? See, I knew it. See, see, you're moving forward already. Already, see? I can't, right this moment. But I, 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 I am actually right now, right now, 
I like it. Oh. oh, that's good. That works for me. If if you had to give advice oh. to anybody listening to this podcast right now, with all the positivity that you've done in your life and all the positivity that you have given to this show alone, what would your advice be to anybody who has come from your background, your parents' background, your grandparents' background, who can feel stuck or feel like giving up because of all the situations that sometimes block their vision mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of going forward, what would you say to them? I feel like live in love, live in love, love what you're doing and don't stop. If you really feel like, you know, that's, there's something that you're moving towards, I really feel like if you don't stop and you keep going, there is no one telling you you're not going to do it. Eventually it's going to happen. It's hard sometimes, oh my god, but the odds are. <laughs> That's true. You know? I, I think one of the things that I've spoken to people about is that doesn't matter how established you are, at some point you always do feel stuck. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how much you achieved or how much money you have or what your status yep. is. There are times in your life where you feel there's still something slightly missing. Yeah. And it's understanding that and admitting what it is and then pulling it out and moving forward with it so you can move forward, yeah. which I think is. So I've only got two more for you, Vanessa, okay. because I know our time is short <laughs> and it is precious. <laughs> so my second to last question for you is, what would you like your legacy to be only when you feel that you want to stop in this world? How would you like people to remember you but also, how would you like to be remembered for yourself? That's such a hard question. And it's so crazy because I think about other people's legacy all the time. Like, because I write about other people. And I write about, exactly, yeah. you know, what they are doing and why it's so important for me to tell their story. Or what they've done in like even when I'm telling my grandfather's story that it's about obviously it's about me but it's also it's about him and what I'm I guess I'm focusing on what that legacy is um so it's uh, you know it's not actually something that I have actively thought of in that way because I'm busy building other people's legacies see exactly and that's why I asked the question Mm -hmm. because out of everything I have read about you, I have, I can't say I've never, but from reading so much about you and what you do, you always take the time to tell other people's stories so beautifully and eloquently with detail. But I feel that you should also do that for yourself at some point because your story is as beautiful, as eloquent, as detailed you know, mm-hmm. as everybody else is. Yep. And you give so much time to everyone else. And that's why I wanted to ask you the question it's of how question. you would like to be remembered because. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no <laughs> Because your story is going to be just as powerful yeah. in the years to come as you telling your grandfather's story, as you telling the story, you know, about Cuba. Mm-hmm as you sticking up for for women's rights or whoever it might be, you are a part of that history now, regardless. And I just feel that 
people like yourself should express it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm taking this with me <laughs> from this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Vanessa's actually gone quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised. I, I'm going to, yes, I'm seriously going to ponder this. <laughs> what is the answer to that question? I mean, wow. there's seeds in it. I mean, I have, you know, we all have it inside us somewhere, what we want to be remembered as. But to put it into words is a different yes. thing. And I'm careful with words. So I feel like it's a good question. Yeah, I understand that. I'm careful with words at the best of times. <laughs> yeah. Only when I start speaking Spanish, I'm not. <laughs> Spanish does that to you. <laughs> it loosens everything. <laughs> it's the passion. Yeah. I'm learning what passion is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, Vanessa, my final question for you. I would love for people to know how they can get in contact with you, how they can find out more about you, where they can find your books, your plays. Where can they just find Vanessa Garcia? Well, I have a website, which is myname.org, so vanessagarcia.org. Um, I have a lot on there, and there's also a contact form, so it's easy to, my email's on there, easy to contact me, it goes straight into my inbox. Um, and uh, I do a lot of communicating through Instagram. Uh, so my handle on Instagram is yeah. Vanessa Garcia Writer. So those two, um, also my book, What the Bread Says, is coming out in October officially, and it's out by Cardinal Rule Press, and it's really available anywhere for pre-order that you buy your books. So whether you do that at your independent bookstore or Amazon or uh, Walmart, you know, it's there for pre-order and will be there in October, physically. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to ask for a small present, if that's okay. Yes, right? I'm sending it to you. Can I get a... S- <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just say, I, I love getting... Do you know what it is with me? I love the memory of things, and I find them so precious, and because I know how time is, and I know time is not promised, mm-hmm. I always say to anybody I interview, if they're a writer, can I get a signed copy? Because to me, it means, it means a lot to me, and I'm sure that you can see that. Yeah. It means a lot to me to be in people's presence and interview them. So, Vanessa, thank you so much. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the Us People podcast, for spending your time with me, for sharing your wisdom, your kindness and your compassion for what you do in the world and for the people. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast. And please remember, you can subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also donate to the Ask People podcast by simply going to the Savvy Rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast guys thank you so much for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another Doing it yourself, you need a little help. This time I won't.
Thank you so much. That was lovely. What a nice conversation. Thank you. You too. Let's totally stay in touch and, and I'm super appreciative. Now is my time to shine. Time that you let go. Time that you let go. Now is my time to shine. Now is my time to shine. Time that you let go. Time that you let go. Now is my time to shine. Now is my time to shine. Time that you let go. Time that you let go. Now is my time to shine. Now is my